Welcome back to Dark Nexus. It's Act 2, Chapter 50, Part 2. We started talking about how we're in two timelines this evening and how we won't know what happened in both until it's all done. We now know what did happen in one timeline. I don't know if you've personally had a near-death experience, Paul. You know, in my experience, one of two things happens. Either everything speeds up crazy fast and you lose all sense of time, or things wind down to an absolute frozen moment. And I'm imagining for Ray as that blade slid into his side, that time did freeze for him in that moment. And no pressure if you don't have an answer to this question right now and you'd rather just have us move on, but I'm curious if you if you know the nature of what Ray was thinking mm, in that moment. Absolutely. What, great, share it with us. Yeah, I just feel in that. I <laughs> feel so connected to Ray because I've developed this character so much from my own life. <laughs> Not that Ray. <laughs> but I, well, can I start that over again? <laughs> no, it was beautiful. Oh, but you know, I feel very connected to Ray, so I feel um, in sympathy with him in almost like a multiverse way yeah. connected to him in that feeling of, oh no, no, I had, I was going to be such a help. I was going to help so much. I had so much help to give. No. It's too late. Let's wind our clock back now. <sighs> to find out who I kill in the second of our two <laughs> timelines. Oh, God. Oh. Can you just kill me? I'm tired of this. <laughs> You're not getting out that easy. <sighs> yeah, we're all in now. Oh. Okay, so we're back on the deck of the Selen Starling. The halfling Lynn has run up to Skywind. It's a crack of thunder, lances of lightning arcing across the sky. There's that storm brewing out over the lake. I talked about it about an hour ago to you in reference to your other characters, but now this set of characters is seeing it and experiencing it. And Lynn comes running up. Oh, Captain, uh, we've got scum approaching, don't you know? And at the rear of the boat, you uh, hear his twin brother, Din, calling out, Din never says die! <laughs> so... The tent structure was already taken down as part of the Desna ritual, and the wrought iron fire pit was already moved so that the circle of you all could stand in the center of the foredeck and cast your handfuls of ash and gemstone into the air. So the hatch to below is easily accessible at this moment. In this breath, before the scum reached the ship, Lynn caught sight of them about a minute out as they slipped into the water over in the cove beneath Crocus Hill. Skywind immediately directs Faustin and Nasa to get all the refugees below decks. There's only this one hatch area to get down to there, so it's a highly defensible position. The chapel crew, led by Faustin and Nasa, will put themselves at the bottom of the hatch, bar it, and keep themselves as a wall in front of all the non-combatants. And uh, several of Skywind's crew joins them, a last line of defense. This leaves eight of you on deck, to act as the first line of defense. Skywin, three of her crew members, Lynn, Din, and Joshua, plus Barnabas, Bates, Stasi, and Dabwick. 
This is the first time we're going to be seeing any of these folks in action, so let's set them up briefly for our listeners here. First, I'll say that the four of you would assess Skywind's crew members as superb sailors and fishermen, decent shots with their crossbows, scrappy enough, like maybe their armor class isn't total garbage, but they're not going to survive more than a couple of hits from scum in close quarters. They would typically get on top of the cabin and focus on ranged attacks. You would assess Skywin as the closest thing to a superhero anyone in this game has met. <laughs> she is a swashbuckler and uh, multiple experience levels higher than any of you. Oh. So you can tell she's going to hit hard, be incredibly hard to hit. She is basically your secret weapon here, though she's focused on melee combat, which is probably going to be helpful. <laughs> Indeed. So let's talk about... Your backup characters here. Why don't you want to go kick us off, Paul? <laughs> sure. Why don't you tell us <laughs> what class Dabwick is, and give us a give us a sort of a high level take on what their what their jam is. Uh, <laughs> we'll learn more, obviously, as we move forward. So Dabwick is a druid archetype known as the urban druid, mm. where the <laughs> druid instead of acquiring their inspiration from forms of nature is inspired by the life, uh, the organism that is a city. In this case, Casimir. Dabwick has only known Casimir and is excited to be out in the world. From a macro point of view, Dabwick does not have the uh, reputation of respect that they uh, think they do back home in Casimir. They are placated somewhat. Their profession actually in Casimir is as a ratter. Pest removal. Yeah, pest removal. <laughs> yeah, so ranks ranks and profession ratter. Oh my gosh. So we've got a druid going on. Uh, ability to cast druid spells. And you have given Dabwick, I think this is part of the way the urban druid works, right? You've got access to a particular domain. What is that domain? Yeah, so... Uh, Dabwick has, in lieu of summoning... Uh, an animal companion. An or... animal, having an animal companion, Dabwick has domain spells like a cleric. And so Dabwick's domain is protection, fortifications. So the flavor of Dabwick is all about slate and walls and gravel and cobblestones and sort of a mix of uh, character from like a... Neil Gaiman, China Mayville's uh, yeah, crossover. Sweet. Love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. We will obviously see more as we go along here. Katie, why don't you fill us in on Anastasia, aka, uh, air quotes, Annie, really known as Stasi. <laughs> uh, Stasi is my very first multi classed character. Ever? I think, well, technically, uh, we played that oh. campaign where we, were, we all, all right. started off as rogues, and then I took a sorcerer level, and then it was like, why didn't I just be a bard in the first place? <laughs> but this is, we didn't get very far in that. Um, so she uh, started off life on the streets of Caliphas as a rogue, an unchained rogue of the Knife Master persuasion, mm -hmm. which segs nicely into her work <laughs> as an inquisitor of Phrasma, whose favorite weapon is the dagger. Yeah, so she's nice. better with daggers than anything else. Yeah, and so those knife masters basically get higher sneak attack die when using daggers and then lower yeah. when using anything else. I will else. say that had I known 
this fight was coming, yeah. I would have leveled her differently at fifth level and taken a rogue level instead of an inquisitor level. Well. Since I intend to max her out at three rogue levels, I would have given her three rogue levels. All right, well, I've just given you the gift of getting to experience that <laughs> yes. level three level yeah, later on. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. provided you don't kill her right now. <laughs> and for those who don't know, what is the Inquisitor's Jam? Inquisitor's Jam is like, um, I always liken it to, if you've seen the movie Serenity, I always liken Inquisitors to the operative, where they are agents of a divine being, sort of along the lines of an oracle who doesn't know where they get their powers. Like, she knows where her power comes from, but she is not like a devout, she's a a doer, not a prayer. Hmm. She... um, understands the tenets she understands what's expected to her but she has jobs to do and on behalf of the temple and of the goddess yeah and she gets them done they are often the ones the churches send out to do the things nobody else nobody in the church feels they should do takes yeah. on the sins of everyone else so exactly that they yeah. don't have she, she's to. making a world yeah. uh, better but not so she can live in it yep love it Robert. Hello. Mr. Barnabas. Uh, so Barnabas is a scald. Yeah. And so like Grip's brawler is a melding of monk and fighter, the scald is a melding of barbarian and bard. Yes. Oddly enough. That's so cool. his uh, his jam is he he can... So the bard has their bardic performance that can inspire things. The scald has his raging song. Which is a rate like he he sings his he will be singing, and it but it is like a barbarian's rage in that it gives. Does it give just to allies, or do I get the plus as well? You get it as well. Um, so if I if I start singing during a fight, it provides a plus two bonus to strength and to constitution, and plus one bonuses to will saves, <laughs> but at a minus two penalty to armor class. The other caveat is that if you, so if you as as an ally have, uh, when I start singing, choose whether to accept or reject the song, if you accept it, you get all those benefits too, and the armor class penalty, but you cannot do anything intelligence or charisma or concentration based during the song. It's ba- it's basically a barbarian that gets to spread their rage around. <laughs> so really, so if, cool. like spellcasters probably would opt out, <laughs> but uh, fighters might opt in. The other little thing he has is he's got a special power with his raging song called a lesser spirit totem. <laughs> so cool. when he is singing, there is a spirit that surrounds. A, a spirit wisps that harass the foes. They make one slam attack each round against a living foe adjacent to the scald. If you accept the benefits of my song, you also get the spirit totem that will do additional attacks. The spirit totem so, does. Yeah, so say the entire party accepts the rage. That's five extra attacks per round on top of whatever else you're doing. And that does 1d4 points of damage. Does, do they all get my Do they all get my charisma bonus? Yeah. So you would you would it would be one d four plus three points of damage, yes, Katie. So you couldn't flank with your own spirit totem because they're adjacent. Because there is there is no there's nothing on the map. They're nothing just, on they're the in map. the air. They're just in the air, 
flashing out. Never mind. And attacking. There's no, there's nothing there to, with which to flank. And other things will will that you know there are other things the rage will do as he levels up. Also has some spell casting ability, some damagey, some battlefield controlly, and some interesting things like that. I think that's the stuff that will be crucial. Doesn't do nearly as much physical damage, does not have nearly as many hit points nope. as Grip, and his armor class I'm looking right now is 13. Yeah, I so. have I have saddled, you know, both Robert and Johnny in their position Ooh. where these characters just came from the island. So Barnabas has grabbed a spare human-sized saber that Skywin keeps lying around. He has taken some of the improvised padded armor that Danae left behind. He's got a crossbow, he's got an improvised club. But uh, that's, uh, that's about it. It makes me wonder if I'll even sing, because then that's a minus two to my already paltry armor class. Oh, so we'll see. We'll yeah, see we'll how see. that all plays we'll out. Okay. I'm going to run Skywind for you, unless anybody's some, dying to. Do we know oh. what Bates' business is? Well, we're going to wait on Johnny's character oh. here. We know that wow. Bates has been working hard on learning how to fire the alchemical torch. He even has the prototype version in hand. But I'm going to come back to him later. Okay. So, are any of you dying to run Skywin, or shall I run Skywin? I would like you to run Skywin and to flank with me a lot. Okay, great. <laughs> Tell her to do that. I'm imagining since you all are very suddenly having to learn new character sheets really quickly, <laughs> I'm sure you don't need an extra character sheet to learn. Yeah, that's so, hilarious. I would like the group of you, even though Skywin's the captain of the ship, because this is your story, I would like the group of you as the players here to decide where everyone's going to be deployed. So let me take you to the map of the ship. Let me walk you around the Selen Starling. The ship is 55 feet long, 25 feet wide. The cabin on the deck of the ship is 20 feet long and 15 feet wide, leaving only a five foot wide walkway for about half of the port and starboard sides of the ship. The cabin is about eight feet tall and the walls are lined with ropes and ladders, so it's an easy climb check to scamper up as uh, part of a move. It's either DC 20 if you want to use 20 feet of move or DC 5 if you want to use up only 10 feet of move. The captain's quarters are in the front part of the cabin. There are two doors, but they're both closed and the port side one is always locked. The larger cabin behind it, back here, currently has its doors on both sides open because they were taking stuff in and out of there during the, the ritual of the evening. So it's currently very easy to pass through, but those doors could be closed if you like. The aft deck, the deck at the rear of the ship, is uh, it's pretty small, pretty narrow. 25 feet wide, but only 10 feet deep. The foredeck is bigger. It's where tonight's festivities have been happening. 25 feet wide, 20 feet deep. That's where the hatch to below is. These stir three sturdy cross-hatched wooden panels. There's three of them, one port, one midship, one starboard. All three will be barred from down below, but they are only made out of wood, and of course would only take so much damage before they break. The pier is off the starboard side of the ship, so the south side of your map there, with a plank running out to it near where the foredeck starts on that side. And the mast takes up a square, a full square, right in front of the cabin. So the scum are coming from Crocus Hill, so from the aft of the ship, the west side of our map. Is Crocus Hill, that's where we fought Trice? Yep, yep. That's where Lynn saw them coming from. It's very reasonable to assume that approaching on the port side of the ship would also be an easy approach. So basically, they're probably going to come from the west or the north of this side of our map, unless they get all sneaky and try to like sneak under the ship and come from a different direction. 
Remember that this is a river vessel, more in lines of a barge. So it is a fairly easy scamper out of the water and up onto this deck, especially for an amphibious creature. You're not looking at a situation where they're going to have to scale like 20 feet of, of giant sea vessel to get up there. All right. So as we start thinking about where you want to place folks, uh, a bunch of you have some buffs at your disposal. I know a few of you might want to be doing some of those. I do need a perception check from all of you, these four new protagonists here. Hey, I have a score. (laughs) For the first time. in line with your uh, spellcraft checks there? It's so funny (laughs) if uh, you have a sense of humor about this sort of thing. (laughs) I rolled a two, so plus 13 for a perception check is 15. So Tabak got a 15. What about Bates? 18. Okay. And Stasi? 32. Oh, there we go. And I have to get used to these new names. And Barnabas? 18. Interesting. Okay, okay. So, as this news happens and this flurry of activity of getting all of the refugees down below is going on, I'm imagining Dabwick is very in tune with the energy of civilized locations. They feel the flow of energy. They feel where energy is pinched off, they feel where energy is rotting, they feel where all the energy leads, and they might just be struck with a really unpleasant sense of a sudden burst of angry, dark energy flowing out of... It's not a city, but that doesn't Dabwick think of any settlement as a city? It's a city of Capital some... Capital C. Yeah, it's a city of some form. You know, it's burgeoning. Yes. So out of this burgeoning city, Dabwick is, is sort of enmeshed in the the strange energy coming off of it. And Barnabas, okay, so Barnabas grew up in the world wound, helping his parents fight off demon invasions. Mm-hmm. So I imagine this feeling of enemies been spotted, they're coming en masse, is probably something that he would remember from his childhood, that sense of like, oh, we got 30 dretches approaching. You know, get Barnabas to the rear, uh, mom and dad step up front, all the cousins move in, and let Barnabas do his magic from behind the front lines. This sense of uh, they're coming, they're approaching, we're about to get into battle is one that, and he hasn't felt this in uh, quite some time, because he's been in Briarstone Mm -hmm. for a while. Quite a while. He does, however, because of those foxy, foxy eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those silver fox eyes. <laughs> See what I'm about to describe in a second here. So Stasi. Oh, my God. So Stasi grew up in knife fights on the streets of Caliphus. Yeah. And I think he described her as sort of eternally stoic in approach to, like, this, this fight is going to happen and this is what's going to go down. So I think that sense of, like, the fight is on. Uh, it's probably a very familiar feeling to Stasi, so maybe she's not, she's not as thrown as Dabwick was. She's always waiting for this. Yeah, always waiting for the fight. So, Johnny. Yes. <laughs> you took on some. Uh, in addition to 
things you can do with your character that are called traits. There are things you can do with your character that are called, what is it, drawbacks? <laughs> yes, I did take a drawback <laughs> with nothing in exchange. Yeah, just out of the spirit of who the character is. And in the spirit of who we talked about this character is, we all know story-wise, even though we have not yet seen it, that Bates does experience seizures. Yeah. And standing up at the at the prow of the ship, you know, doing his best to both be helpful with everybody going down below and staying out from underfoot, the tension here ratchets up. Maybe both Stasi and Barnabas catch sight in the flurry of activity of Bates as he begins this seizure and we've we've only barely talked about this Johnny but I you know to sort of fill in my sense of what's happening when he has these seizures he starts to hear voices nothing as distinct as words but an overwhelming outpouring of emotion and it is these sensations that when they come over him are, are so overwhelming that at times he can't fight them off and it does, uh, it does put him into a, a seizing position. And you do feel that and in this period of prep and buffing before this fight begins. Barnabas and Stasi, you see Bates kind of extend a hand out towards these voices and then collapse at the prow of the ship. Now, I'm just going to share mechanically, you know, Bates is going to be in this fight, but Bates is not going to be in this buffing and readjusting period. Bates is going to be at the prow of the ship as he seizes for about a minute here. But as that hand extends, Stasi and Barnabas, you see, you know, the last thing we did that last episode was gather all of our handfuls of ash and ground gemstone and threw it into the air. We created this sort of mirror of the night sky, of these sparkling flecks in a sea of blackness. And then suddenly, you know, Lynn's running up and we're all moving, we're all moving, and, and, uh, but the air is very still out here. And as the, as the people are getting down below, this, this cloud of ash has not dissipated. And both Stasi and Barnabas notice that. In fact, it is starting to compress into what they very nervously <laughs> interpret as the beginnings of some sort of humanoid form. This cloud of ash is, as you're <laughs> Made standing up there. of our regrets and dreams. And your hopes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And your hopes. I, I, I want to say at least yeah. that I think like before before Bates like falls down, okay. he has his he has his his tiny alchemical torch and he's gonna at least try to get one shot off on the on the ash monster. I don't know. He's he's gonna he's yeah. like he's trying to look. He right, heard that there's scum. He's it gonna try to fire something. Roll it up. for us. I mean, maybe he can hit something. I don't know. He's not gonna just he's not gonna just take this laying down. Twenty. <laughs> All right. Fires neatly through the cloud of ash into the mast of the ship. Not damaging it, but it seems as though this thing does not quite yet have enough form or substance to it. Is there a check to be made yeah. on it? I can take... Ooh, I can do checks. 
I can take knowledge. Tell you what, if you've got him, give me Arcana and give me Religion. That's right. I have no knowledge skills as this character. Okay, what what the two of you get for Arcana? Twenty-seven. Oh. Twenty. Okay. And oh. what about Religion? Twenty-nine. I'm not as good at that one. Oh, but I rolled really well, so um, a twenty-two. So we're talking it out. I don't know. It looks like a big ash monster. Yeah, it's really hard to tell here. I think with the information you have right now, I think the first guess they would jump to would be some sort of elemental creature. Like, Even with the 27? Yeah, like mm-hmm. some sort of, uh, just because it's it's like currently forming. Right, right. So as we move along here, if it continues to form and change, I'm going to carry these really great rules over as we move forward. Okay. I think your first guess would be this is probably some sort of elemental. It doesn't just contextually, yeah. it feels like we we made this thing. Yeah, it's not gonna. They're not gonna have this big ritual for us to create something that then kills everybody on the ship. I mean, it feels. Yeah, I like that... it. I don't think Stasi is too worked up about it. Okay, it feels like it's either here to help us or watch. I buy that. And what is uh, is, is Barnabas thinking along the same lines there? Yeah, I think so. I think he's he doesn't. He I don't think he feels threatened by it quite yet. I mean, it's probably disturbing looking. Uh, it's very disturbing looking. And we didn't, no one told us this would happen. He's more, Barnabas is more concerned about the scum. I am going to put what is forming there onto the map. So it is taking shape right above the, the center of the three hatches down to below decks. Just to give it a name, <laughs> I called it Ash Spirit, but... Um, it, I just want to say that Barnabas's uh, token is Reynard, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Walquist art yeah. for the original Reynard appearance. Okay, so where do you want to place? Let's start with placement. Where do you think everybody is going to be best situated? Stasi wants to be near Skywind, but so we think they're coming here and here. Yeah, that'd be your guess. Aft on the port side of the ship is the, the so, most direct route. So Stasi is looking for flanking opportunities with people who are going to be in melee. So you kind of want to be central to where they're going to come up. But she she wouldn't be shy about asking Skywind to stick close. So it looks like Sky, uh, Stasi's looking to set herself uh, kind of in the port aft of the ship, right on the corner there. Skywin will go ahead and move her stealth like right to the to the front of the line, on the back yeah. of the ship there. Only one five-foot square separating her and Stasi at the moment. If that all feels good to the rest of you. Just for me. Mm-hmm. Great. What are you thinking, Barnabas? Oh, let me put so... Can we close this door? Yes. Absolutely. If you want those doors to close, go ahead. Lynn and Din, I think, unless you disagree, would choose to go up on top of the cabin so they can shoot down from up above. Yeah? Sweet. Lynn is, Lynn, Lynn is above Skywind facing to the aft, and Din is above Stasi facing to the port. Back. Got it. Great. What about... Oh, Joshua. You know, Joshua will go up there, too. So Joshua will go up next to Din. So we've got two... Uh, no, he'll take the corner position. All right. There we go. Are there so any other flankers? I mean, I technically can. I don't know how melee I want to be right now. That's but what I'm asking. With your nothing with armor my class. 13 yeah. armor class that will probably go down to 11 because I'm probably going to sing because it's the first time. <laughs> You're not, not going to sing. I mean. What about old dabs? 
I mean, this poor kid just fell uh, yeah. right in front of where this, this ash spirit is forming and everyone ran away. So, um, <laughs> can I go to his side? Stay close to base. Uh, stay close to base. Now, taking a quick look around, is, uh, does it look like there might be a thunderstorm coming? There is a thunderstorm developing out over the lake. But probably not going to be here for another minute or so. You don't expect that you would be underneath rainfall, but uh, you can do the you can do the thing, the normal thing. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me know when we're in time for prep. So Barnabas, you're you're placing yourself on the foredeck as well. Is that right? Or are you? Yeah, I'm gonna stay. I'm not gonna move closer to the quote unquote ash spirit, but I am gonna stay here because I'm not sure. You look like you're getting ready to leave the boat. I'm not going to run away, but I'm also not going to run right to the front. So I'm going to be right here and see what happens. Okay. So we'll assume like the first half minute here, this is it's, it's all about the figuring out where you're going to deploy. Now let's ta- have a little chat here about what buffs you might want to put on yourselves or others. As, as you finish that conversation about where we should set up, this like cloud of ash is definitely taking a recognizable humanoid shape and it is reaching out with one hand extended towards Thrushmore. Uh, you as players would understand this thing is gesturing towards Lelwyn's house, towards the new chapel, like directly through Crocus Hill off to where the other scene is and has been happening. Does Skywin see this? Does she seem alarmed by this thing? Yes, she she does not know what it is, but sort of seeing you and Stasi both kind of go, huh, I don't know what it is, but I, it seems unlikely that it's harmful since we made it. She's focused, she's getting down to business. It's Got a ship to protect. Okay. It's definitely not something I was expecting to appear out of the, the we've, we've never had an ash spirit form after this sort of ritual before. Great. Oh, I thought maybe this was expected. And um, also by this point, there is this sound. You you feel like you're, yeah. I I was going to say, I think that Bates is actually like moaning and and like whispering and moaning. Like he's, you know, he's not, it's it's uncomfortable what's happening to him. Yeah, very painful to watch. Upsetting to watch this child seizing on this deck. And there's now starting to be some sound associated with this as it almost looks like time is flowing backward for this. Instead of this ash dispersing, you see ash getting like sucked back into a central point and you start to hear this like (laughs) sounds that we in the modern era would associate with sounds being run backward, essentially. Like something is getting wound up or reversed or unknown at this point still. And this is still not even with those amazing checks that the two of you made, this is still not anything you can put your finger on at this moment yet. Let's talk about buffs. What are your buff plans? Stasi is going to cast Hedging Weapons. Ooh, tell us about this. A uh, floating dagger of force appears in the air around her. It's going to give her a little boost to her armor class, and at any point during the spell, she can throw it as force damage, which would be great. For the other, the other party <laughs> that's facing something incorporeal, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not there. But it but it does look like a Phrasmin dagger. Excellent. And any other and, buffs for her? Uh, she's not going to buff, but she is going to cast 
detect evil, she can do at will and sort of hmm. concentrate on it until the scum appear. Just try to get a little boost on their appearance. Great. I love it. Uh, what about a Barnabus? Nothing to start with. I think as soon as it looks like combat is starting, I think he, he is going to sing. Yep. He does have one little buff that's kind of fun, uh, uh, that's just always on. It's a campaign trait mm-hmm. called Ooh. Twitchy. <laughs> Uh, it just gives him a, he's very nervous, um, uh, and so he gets a plus two to initiative and a plus one to reflex saves because of, he's, nice. because he's twitchy. That's fun. Um, Stasi is also going to cast resistance Great. on herself. You want to pass that around to, yeah. there would certainly be time to pass that yeah, around to all to the everybody. halflings if you wish to. Yep. Wow, this is a majority halfling fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's our first for us in this campaign here. Pretty cool. Yeah. What about Dabwick? How many rounds are we talking about here? Got it. Up to a minute, really, but you know, if you're sort of focused on helping Bates, let's say, you know, three or four. So I want to put a sheltering wall around Bates if I can. This oh. is a spell like ability that I have. I can summon a floating blockade of stone, mm. granting your ally the benefits of partial cover for one round. So probably not until close to they start arriving. Yeah. Definitely want to cast Call Lightning. Oh, tell us about Call Lightning. Enter Druid. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it takes a round to cast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Immediately upon completion of the spell and once per round thereafter, you can call down a five-foot-wide, 30-foot-long vertical bolt of lightning (laughs) that deals 3d6 points of electricity damage. Mm. Worth waiting to be a fifth-level Druid just to cast Call Lightning. So that that will just go for the rest of this fight. Anytime you want to use a standard action to call a bolt down, Apollo, you can do that. It'll be 3d6 damage with a reflex save for half. Got it. Awesome. And then we'll sort of assume, like, maybe some of that happens first, and that near the end of this period, you're kind of readying your blockade spell in case something happens to Bates. Yes, and I'm going to cast uh, as well Barkskin. In this case, it's Slate Skin. Mm. Looks more like Slate than Bark. Sweet. I love that. That's awesome. So we're passing around resistances. We're passing around buff spells. We're talking about what the plan here is going to be. Stasi sinks in to focus in on the approach of evil from the aft of the ship. And then up on the front of the ship, where Barnabas and Dabwick are, there is suddenly this eruption of a tearing sound at the heart of this ash creature. And there's this hollow rush of wind and again it sounds like it's flowing backwards so it's like and this ash shape explodes in all directions as a rush of wet slimy silvery goo comes erupting out of the center of the shape like where the shape's heart was spilling out onto the deck Bates sits bolt upright as this pile of silvery goo (laughs) stiffens and rises up, piling and molding into the solid, but translucent, you can see right through it, bluish, silveryish goo form of an immediately recognizable Brayden Vaticus. Oh my god. His eyes are wide, and he's, he's stretching his hand towards Crocus Hill and he's talking backwards 
holding his morning star in one hand and it's immediately recognizable that even though even though he's composed entirely of ectoplasm that there are no scars on his skin there is no rot on his skin as Johnny tells us what Bates is Bates is a gunslinger with a little spiritualist (laughs) tell us what the spiritualists do Uh, The spiritualists summon a phantom, and in this case, that phantom is Ray. (laughs) We've been talking about what these seizures are that Bates has been having. He's a doorway. He is a medium. His whole life... He sees dead people. Yes. He sees dead people. He literally sees dead people. His whole life, the dead have been knocking at his heart, (laughs) trying to erupt back into the world. And at this moment, as Ray dies... Ray comes into existence in this ectoplasmic form, standing protectively over Bates, <laughs> talking backwards and still just energy focused to the uh, northeast there. The two of you now recognize what you're looking at. You're looking at a phantom, and this is going to be deeply troubling for Stasi. Yeah. Not because. Brayden is undead because Brayden is not undead. Yeah. Brayden just tore his soul back yeah, from the problem. river that's a problem. onto the plane. Yeah. This is in direct violation of the natural order of things. Yeah. So this this ray is not. Yeah. You said Brayden took the soul back. It was Bates who took the soul back. Brayden came back. He chose to come back. Because as his backwards talking finally aligns with the forward flow of time, he's saying, No, 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 I was was going going to be be such a help. help. I have so much much help help to give. And his voice is echoing off the hillside as Stasi feels the approach of evil. Everybody roll initiative. None of this was planned until like literally like (laughs) 20 minutes minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool, guys. Literally, when you were saying what you were saying at the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. (laughs) All right, so I think what I'm going to do, because we've got a lot of combatants here and a lot of combatants approaching, I think I'm going to use Katie's decision to have Stasi casting your sense out for the detection of evil, which would go 60 feet, but they're coming from underwater. I think what it's going to do is going to buy every single one of you a surprise round. You can use that to do a thing, start a buff, cast a spell, ready in action, whatever you want to do. And Stasi would know where the closest bunch are. So as Stasi is, I think for the sake of people's brains, especially Katie's, because I know she gets frustrated, I'm going to stop saying aft and port and start with I'm just going to simply say north, south, east, and west. Yeah, that'd be great. So if you want to picture this boat, aft is to the west port is to the north, etc. So Stasi is facing like basically directly northwest. And she picks up the approach of two scum coming from the north side of the aft of the ship. So there's two coming roughly from over here. And then she does pick up one coming directly at the north of the ship from sort of like midway along the north line there. So two right from behind, one coming along the the side of the ship 
from a rear angle. So Bates, in this in this round, you're, you've come back to, you, you, you have this phantom standing over you. Its attention seems to be focused elsewhere, but you do feel this profound connection with him as he stands there. What do you think Bates does in this surprise round here? I mean, the power gamer in me wants him to buff him, but I think that he wouldn't do... I think that he would just be trying to figure out literally what is happening right now. I think that he would probably be trying to talk to me going, Mr. Ray, why are you here? So much help to give. You're going to help us? Okay, help us. And you maybe, see the phantom. Maybe he, maybe he does try to touch him. And okay. Do a little. He'll uh, he'll cast a spell. He'll cast a he'll cast a a psychic a spell. psychic spell. He's gonna say, "Help us!" And he and he reaches out to grab him. Yeah. Uh, and he touches his hand. He touches a Horflame. Yeah. And uh, Horflame glows as he has just cast Magic Fang. So, the, fa- I, the Phantom mechanically has natural weapons, even though it appears to be holding, like, the Phantom of Ray has manifested Horflame exactly as Dora described it in the original vision, like, not broken, not covered in gore, but whole and solid. Yeah, so Bates reaches out and seems to instinctively understand that he can help. Yep. Yeah, I love it. It's it's the sort of thing where I think that like he touches him, and it's that emotional like bond of like I wanna I wanna help you help us kind of thing. But it's not like, it's it's like a two way thing. It's like a conduit where it's going back and forth between them, like a doorway, like a. This desire to help is spilling between them. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Astazi, what you doing this surprise round? Uh, can you ready? You can. I'll ready an attack on anything that lands adjacent to me. Love it. Din will ready a shot. Skywin will uh, make the same action. So now, basically, the two that are uh, approaching from the west are kind of on a path. This is fun. Yeah. So, you know, I set up the direction where they're going to come from without, you know, well before we took this, we started this uh, evening, and they're going to basically come up right between Stasi and Skywin, it looks yeah. like. Lynn readies a shot back in the same direction. Barnabas. Hmm. So while Robert's thinking, Paul, what does Dabwick do in the surprise round here? Since we've got the time and the battlefield control abilities, yeah. going to cast another spell. Great. Over the course of the next round, the... Um, gosh. So... It's the third level spell. Yeah. How would you how would you describe this happening on the ship? Is this the first third level spell that's been mm, cast? No, I because I'm cast second. Uh, call lightning. Yeah. Call lightning. Jeez. Yes, we are we are we're finally into a full spellcasting class here. Yeah. So I think see if this feels right, Paul. Yeah. So Dabwick had been preparing this wall that they can summon to protect. Bates, and as it as they quickly become aware that this being that's appearing is not going to harm Bates, in fact, they seem to be in some sort of emotional bond, they turn around, summon this wall, and instead of being a vertical surface, it is a horizontal surface right above the deck of the ship, which looks like cobblestones in a city, and then they snap their fingers, and they shatter into a swarm 
of rubble. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> <gasps> so it is it is now a 10 foot amazing. by 10 foot colossal <laughs> swarm like living of, rubble? of shattered animated cobble and flagstones. Like just like swirling around and smashing into each other all over the deck of the ship and coming in. You know, the corners are tight on this ship here, so it comes in yes. like right next to Dabwick, right next to Bates, <laughs> right next to Brayden. And uh, that's where it appears. Amazing. And uh, Barnabas. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a party full of people who are not relying on strength for yeah. their combat. <laughs> the in fact, the only character and at I'm this not, table is Grip. I am not able to get into combat, so it doesn't even benefit me, which I'm not going to lie, has me having some serious doubts about the effectiveness of this character. Um, Just technically speaking, Stasi is still at a level where she is using her strength for damage, and also, if she she accepts it, then she gets this extra attack per round. Skywin won't be hurt by having strength go up, like she's using her. But are are but, any of them charisma be. or concentration based? You know, Skywin's not going to cast any spells, and you know, Stasi can make the choice to not take it in a round if she wants to cast a spell. Can people choose it round by round? I think it says that. Like, the, read the, the very the very bottom of the ability. Troubling. If a raging song affects allies, when the Skald begins a raging song and at the start of each ally's turn in which they can hear the raging song, the Skald's allies must decide whether to accept or refuse its effects. Great. And it's not a, that's not an action. Great. Um, unconscious allies automatically accept the song. If accepted, the raging song's effects last for that ally's turn or until the song ends, whichever comes first. Which means if, if you drop, his spirits keep attacking. Yeah. It's very cool. The Phantom obviously would would take this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you got to right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to um, Barnabas uh, start singing the ballad of Bassanio and Persephone. Yeah. And oh. and it is a stirring, stirring song of which I have no lyrics uh, at this time. <laughs> uh, and then that's, that will be what he does for his surprise round. Nice. And then at the end of this round, unawares that they are known, <laughs> their position is known, Indeed, two scum do crawl over the rail at the end of the ship. One right next to Skywind that is very tall and lanky, and one next to Stasi that's got this wicked scar across its face. And then you see Stasi, a third one, coming up the side of the... So you've got two coming up the side right next to you. One's still in the water. This is one who, as he's swimming out of the water with his trident, you see him like like wincing as though his shoulder is in pain. Mm-hmm. But this is a whole bunch of ready actions going off here. So let's start with uh, Stasi. Both right. two and three would be attackable. Two has gotten up on... It's like moving up onto the yeah, deck think, this round. Yeah, I think she would go for two. Great. She lashes out with her magical dagger. It's a 13 against flat-footed. That's a hit. Great. For just three damage with the blade, but then... Yeah, you get the sneak attack. It is. Uh, it has not taken an action in this combat and was not aware that everyone was waiting for it. An additional 11. 14 points of damage to the scar-faced scum. Skywin attacks the other one, the tall one. 
Hitting armor class 32. <laughs> She's going to kick some ass. <laughs> this uh, will be a pleasure. For 18 points of damage, nearly killing that one in a <laughs> single blow. Go, Go swashbuckle. All right, so now Stasi is in love with Skywin, too. <laughs> Joshua, Lynn, and Din are going to take their shots. Lynn will shoot at uh, the tall one. Hit. Killing it? Killing it. Yeah. Nice. First scum has dropped. Joshua shoots at the scar-faced one. Missing. Din shoots at the one in the water below Stasi. And hitting. Yeah. For one point of damage. Every little bit helps. It does all help. We know what Dabby did. Dabby was summoning. Bates was casting a spell. Barnabas was starting to sing. Um, well, now we're gonna. Now we're really at the top of round one. So here we go. It begins. Stasi, you're up first. It, Let us know if you want to use the benefits of the song or not. It still hasn't acted yet, right? So it's still flat-footed to me. That is correct. Then I don't want to use the benefits of the song. And I'll attack it again. Attacking the scar-faced one right next to you. The same one I attacked before. Yep. Uh, 23 against flat-footed. Oh, yeah. 16. (laughs) 16 points of damage. Right through the heart. And the second scum drops. Damn. You got a move action or uh, just move action left. She's going to take a five-foot step to the east. Mm -hmm, Towards the front of the ship. Yeah, to try to lure him into position where he could be flanked with Skywin. You're essentially leaving the rail clear. Yes, Yes. so that he can pop right there and Skywin can be like, hi. Love it. Bates and Brayden are up. Bates is still holding on to Brayden. Yeah. And he continues to feel that conduit of magical energy flowing back and forth them and uh, he casts mage armor. (laughs) Fantastic. Great. On who? On Brayden. Brayden. Nice. And he says, well, go help, Mr. Ray. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, Brayden, does Brayden accept the raging song? He does. Yeah, there we go. In this moment, I think that he absolutely hears this song, the song of Bassanio and Persephone, and yeah. he, uh, he wants to help. All right. He's got his. He's got. The passage is currently blocked by a gigantic rubble swarm, but uh, he can head towards <laughs> the back of the ship down by the does starboard side. Does he fly? Does he? He does not fly. He does not fly. No. Five. And he, he's made of ectoplasm right now, so he is solid. Yeah. Yeah, he's solid. He is he's physically here. Okay. He's a flanker? He is. He's a flanker. 100 percent With gigantic armor class and massive hit points. <laughs> That's really there you good. go. So he is yeah. he is uh <laughs> and he, he can take a full move. Yeah. He can take a double move. Yeah. Oh my god. The Phantom of Brayden Vaticus. This is unbelievable. His weapon charged up, his body glowing with magical armor joins Skywin at the rear of the ship. Dora was so close to being a spiritualist. Oh, nice. (laughs) You know, 500 years ago when we started this. We were talking about Bates being a spiritualist when when I first talked about wanting to use him. Yes. We are in... This is the fourth plan? Yeah. (laughs) Because knowing that the whole class's jam is he's going to take a phantom on, We've been adapting our plans. Yeah. Every uh, like kind every of time every dies. time something happens. Yeah. <laughs> so will the Phantom always be Ray now? The Phantom is Ray. Yeah. What? Yeah, like any time you 
do this in the future. Yeah, it's oh, a it's I have a one no on idea. it's a one That's on one. That's an excellent question. Connection, isn't it? They are they are bonded together yeah. now. Like this is Bates the one is the door through which Ray returned. So Ray's your like fan, familiar. Your phantom <laughs> familiar yeah. secret weapon, or Bates is Ray's door. Yeah, back yeah. to this world to still help somehow. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet, Johnny. Din is up. Din's going to take a shot on the wincing scum that's emerging next to Stasi. No good. Skywin. Let's see. She's expecting more to oh. come. Yeah. Uh, Bates would would also follow. Great. He would. I'm sorry. You can take one move first, action. Yeah, I would take yeah. one move action, but it's the first time playing two characters at once. I'm like, okay, this is different. All right. All right. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, Skywin not... Let's see. Skywin is going to leap over the corpse of the tall scum, mount herself atop the fallen body of the scar-faced scum, leaving an empty hole there between her and Stasi in case this wincing scum tries to come up between them, and will stab down towards the wincing scum with her rib. Natural one. Okay, so Skywin uh, was was. Yovinza Mulus. Yes, that's right. Lynn takes a shot at the same one. Boom! Hit. Four points of damage from the tiny little crossbow. Dabwick at the front of the ship with a giant rubble swarm. That rubble swarm can go either before you or after you, mm-hmm. or you can keep mm-hmm. it uh, hanging out for the moment, as just uh, sort of waiting there to protect the. Does it flank? No, swarms no. never flank. <laughs> Right now, it's in a protective position above the. No, I'm loving above, it. Above the. Uh, Not complaining the at all. It's great. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's perfect placement. Yeah. And uh, Dabwick's got a good view of what's going on, too. So, out of nowhere, a bolt of lightning comes down <laughs> on Scum 3. Oh, hang on one second. I think you have to concentrate on the swarm to keep it around, right? That's a standard action every round. Then, once you stop concentrating, I think it lasts two more rounds. But once you make that decision to stop concentrating, then it's then you're on a timer. Got it. So if you feel like it's in a good position right now to keep it going, you can use your standard action to to keep it going. Or else if you're like, let's give it two rounds, I want to start blasting shit with lightning bolts. <laughs> that is also totally fair. So let me rephrase what you just said in my own words and yeah. see if I understand correctly. I can say this is where I'm going to leave the swarm for the next two rounds and do other things. No. Uh, first decision you have to make. Yeah. Do you continue concentrating on the swarm to keep it here? Yes. Okay. Then that's your standard action this round. Okay, great. Once you say no to that question, <laughs> then the swarm will have two more rounds. Before it but, disappears, right. not just leaves that spot. Got it. But you can indefinitely continue to concentrate. To keep it there. To keep it there. Yeah. At the expense of calling lightning. At the expense of... Yeah. Uh, expense. Or, or moving it around, can't you? Yeah, you can move yes. it around. Yes, you can move it Okay, so you have a move action if you want to move anywhere or if you feel like at this moment you're hunkering down with your stone swarm. Yeah, I got my stone swarm and my call lightning ready to rock. Love it. Barnabas, you're up. Also at the front of the ship uh, on the other end of the hatch heading down into the below decks. So it's a swift action to maintain the song. Yep. The concentration, like the the limitations of things that can be done under the the this rage, do not apply to the scald. I mean, right. the, the armor class does, but not the other things. Yep. So, take the swift action. Action. Maintain the song. I can then cast another spell while the song is going. Yep. All right. 
All right, then. <laughs> you well, begin to see the benefits. Well, Barnabas, uh, he cannot see uh, anything right now. <laughs> no. He cannot see a single enemy at the moment. So uh, he's going to move. He's going to see what's going on on the other side of the foxhole here. <laughs> Foxhole. Hey, he's fox. That's how you pronounce uh. forecastle. Oh my God, the hits keep on coming. Um, <laughs> so he's gonna do that twenty-five. He's gonna move like twenty-five feet to the west. Actually, he's gonna make that thirty feet because he needs to see what's going on. Wow. Okay. Great. So Bar- both Barnabas and Bates are making their way along the uh, the south side of our map here, the south side of the cabin, towards the after the ship where the. It's the west of the ship where and the so scum are coming from. He still can't really see anything. Some corpses, which is good. Then I guess he'll dead scum. Uh, he's going to take. Uh, this will be the. He'll end his turn with just an, another little bit of movement. And so now he can see, and he'll. Uh, that's all he can do. Excellent. The scum are up. Indeed, the harvest must be. Enacted. Scum number three is going to regret the shit out of this. <laughs> that climbs over the side of the ship between Stasi and Skywin. That provokes. Let's start with Stasi. Okay. So plus two for flanking. Yep. Plus 17. What do you know? That strikes true. Does it? That's 17. Great. That's another character's oh. problem. <laughs> it's the same player, though. <laughs> Oh my god. Was it a weak blow? Uh, that's six damage. Oh. I rolled a natural four on the weapon damage and two ones. Oh man. On the sneak attack. Don't but, worry. But don't. I do get the yeah. precise strike because you do. Um, Skywin is there. So that's an extra six. Oh. So that's 12. Nice. And then Skywin's uh, attack hits, and I can't imagine she won't offer <laughs> it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. That's uh, total constitution death right there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good place to be between a sneak attacking knife master, inquisitor, and a swashbuckler. I'm going to play these scum like they do not know they're fighting superheroes because they do not know that. Closer to the front of the ship, a scum wearing a necklace made of human ears emerges and finds itself face to face with a fucking rubble swarm. (laughs) That's where it ends its move. We have the appearance of another one in a very similar situation. However, this one with only one eye emerges onto the deck, not only adjacent to the rubble swarm, but right next to Dabwick, Mm. who is concentrating on this swarm. Mm -hmm. I still can't see anything. (laughs) I managed to move. If I'd stayed where I was, I would see what's happening now. Now I'm back to another blind spot. It's so true. And then another scum that is purple in color instead of greenish appears also right next to Dabwick. Mm. So it seems as though wave two of the scum actually swung out a little bit to the east towards the front of the ship, and they're piling up on the front of the ship as though they maybe know that the hatch to where all that tasty food is is on this part of the ship. But that is moves on all of their parts. Let me track a little bit of movement for more scum here. Go there. This one. Okay, great. That's the end of round one. Top of round two, Stasi. We pick back up. You have a dead scum between you and Skywin, but you're seeing down the side of the ship here. You're seeing many more scum emerging closer to the front, and you've got one ten feet away from you. Oh, hang on. I've got one that I didn't put on the right layer. Yeah. Put 
screen right there. That should yeah. look a little scarier to you, Paul. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what yes, is the you. deal with the swarm? Don't go through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it like you're just in a big rock tumbler? Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't want to do that, but also don't just want to walk up to a thing and do one damage. How are your acrobatics and climbing good. messed up? Great. Acrobatics is good. Climb. Okay. Well, you've but. got this. This cabin is only eight feet tall. You know, I laid out that the climb checks are very easy. The acrobatics checks would be a little bit higher, but very doable for an acrobat. You could try to pop up on the cabin and jump yeah. off to the front of the ship if you wanted to. Yeah, would love to do that. Give me an acrobatics check. Ten. DC ten. Oh, great. Yeah. The climb check is DC zero or five. And the acrobatic, because it's, you know, it's covered in ropes. It's covered yeah. in ladders. It is very easy to. Stasi swings herself up on top of the cabin with a little uh, stoic nod at Lynn, Din, and Joshua. Continues on her way. Give me an acrobatics check to leap down the front. Fifteen. Perfect. Landing on her feet at the front of the ship on the other side of the rubble swarm, kind of basically where Barnabas just left from. I love her. <laughs> All right, so bounding and leaping over the top of the cabin there. Next is Bates. Bates and Brayden. I think that Bates is going to continue his movement around. So he's going to follow around to catch up to Brayden Vaticus, phantom at large. The rear end of the ship. Yep, and he sees no. He's like, I I missed all the action. (laughs) And there's just nothing happening here on the back. Where did the action go? Sorry. So if there's a problem, I'm big. It's where we came from? I think so. I don't know. Brain, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna hop up onto the uh, the deck there, on uh, climb, do a little uh, a little check to climb up on there and see if he can. Uh, Great. You want acrobatics? Yeah. Can I do acrobatics yeah. instead? Yeah, okay. Uh, da, da, da. Oh my! <laughs> wow. Uh, Bates got a thirty oh. in acrobatics. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. This was just the start of Bates' move, right? Yep. Bates could essentially do what Stasi did and with another acrobatics check to leap down and land on the deck of the front of the ship. Or if Bates wants to stay up on top of the cabin and fire from up there, uh, also an option. Uh, do I have any more movement? Would I be able yes. to get... Okay, then I, would, land? then I would probably try to land here. Okay, so Bates bounds up on top of the cabin, races across to the point from which Stasi, Stasi leapt down, but stays there up top with the prototype alchemical torch. What does Braden Vaticus do? As he moves, mm-hmm. he reloads because he's able to do that. And he is not a steel hound. He's an entirely different kind of gunslinger type. That is correct. He is a black powder vaulter. <laughs> <laughs> What is uh, what's Braden do? Braden is going to follow him up, using climb or acrobatics. Uh, he's going to use acrobatics. Why not? Okay. Oh no, <laughs> he's stymied by that. How badly? Uh, he rolled a natural one, oh. got a four. All right, so he uses a move action and fails to make any progress. And he will probably try again. This whole thing like of like a dogged phantom. Yeah, like a dogged phantom. He's still wearing his armor. And it does make it difficult for him to climb. Yes, he's always had trouble with climb checks. There you go. How about an eight? (laughs) Nope. He really is having difficulty. DC 10. All right, Brayden, stymied. It's like you're trying to identify a magic item. (laughs) So in character still from beyond the grave. Din takes a five-foot step closer towards the front of the ship, reloads his crossbow, and fires on the scum with the necklace of ears. Missing. Skywin is up. Skywin bounds forward to close with the ear necklace scum. Hey, 
18 on the die, which is a critical threat what, for what her. Is she? Yeah. My God. Yeah, <laughs> critical hit. 24 points of damage, oh. killing it. <laughs> I knew it was okay to leave that one there. Yeah, yeah. Skywin, just... <laughs> Skywin cleaned up, uh, is leaving a, a, a wrath of corpses behind her. Lynn is going to move to the front of the cabin. So Lynn is standing now right next to Bates, shoulder to shoulder with Bates, and reloads. Dabwick, okay, now you're in a position here. So you've got... <laughs> Two scum threatening you. Yes. One that is purple to the east of you. <laughs> one that has a single eye to the north of you. You've got a full complement of actions here, as does your rubble swarm. Right. But you do have to make that decision. Are you going to continue to concentrate? Or are you going to let go of the concentration and just give it two more rounds to do its business? Can you ping for me on the map where the entrance to the, the non-combatants are hiding? Do you see these hatches right here? Yeah. All three of those squares. One of them is now underneath the rubble swarm. Okay. Okay. So the rubble swarm is very protectively actually right on top of one of those. Sure. Yeah. So maintaining his concentration, uh, Ray would be able to move the rubble swarm. Dabwick? That was oh, I know. <sighs> yeah, when you say Braden, what do you do? I know. I'm like, Ugh. all right. As long as Dabwick maintains their concentration on the Rubble Swarm, they can move it oh, as okay. a move action. Yeah, so it is animated stones that you do have to actually use your own will and effort and energy to to direct. Right, so confronted by these scum, Dabwick takes a uh, defensive step backwards, a mm-hmm. five-foot step backwards, and concentrates the Swarm of Rubble over on top of their squares. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, so you're going to use your standard action to continue concentrating and a move action to move the swarm? Is that yes. what I'm hearing? Okay, yeah. great. Boom. Is All there, right. Yeah, I, and I have to uncover uh, non-combatants. Yeah, you do have to un- uncover the hatch for the moment to swarm over these two scum. All right, so they both are going to be subject to the swarm attack. Yes. Go ahead and roll damage for first for old one eye here. But what happens is any living creature that takes damage from the swarm attack is potentially nauseated for a round unless it makes a fortitude save to negate the effect. So how much damage do you do to old one eye? Two. Nice. And how much damage to Mr. Purple? Five. Excellent. They both got to make fortitude saves. Huh. All right, they they are both nauseated and can do nothing next turn except take a single move action. Nice. And then Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas is here. Way at, at the back of the, the ship. back of the ship, realizing he can't see anything. So he's going to go back to the other end of the ship uh, while he's singing. Um, okay, now he can see some things. So does he have a scent between one eye and old purple? Does one look more robust than the other? Is that something he can ascertain? Barnabas comes around the corner to the front of the ship 
to see two scum enveloped in a 10 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot like oh, so they're, oh, they're both insanity Shoot. storm of screaming and flying and cracking rubble. They're both screaming in pain. Ain't no way you can tell the difference here. Yeah, it seems silly to waste the spell on the pile of rocks, you know, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, it's going to sit there and go, okay, well, it seems to be in hand. I'll have to wait until something else happens. Do you want to get a crossbow out? At least you've got a ranged weapon in hand. Yeah, I guess I probably should. I'll do that. I'll do the... I'll swap Cutlass for Crossbow. I missed Joshua's turn. I think he was busy reloading that turn. All right. Scum. (laughs) Number five, old one-eye, stuck in the swarm. Can't do anything but a single move action. Gonna get out of the swarm and then moves trident in hand five feet to get adjacent to Dabwick, hoping that if Dabwick moves this insane (laughs) ruckus of flagstones, (laughs) they might be close enough to Dabwick to not be stuck in the middle of it. Purple is going to do the same. The center of the back of the ship, a hunchbacked scum emerges from the water. Only only one back there now is the Braden Phantom and uh, Joshua facing off uh, from the top of the cabin there. Right next to it, the dead center of the back of the ship. Another scum, this one pale gray in color. One emerges. God, it's so fucking dead. 10 feet away from Skywin. Uh, this one's got bloodshot eyes and an angry look about it. And then finally coming from the extreme front edge of the ship, We've got one with these weird, glossy, glassy eyes emerging right next to the purple one, so also threatening Dabwick. And then one crawls out of the water right adjacent to Barnabas and Stasi, and this scum is very disturbingly laughing. (laughs) That's their moves. And round two, we start at the top of round three. So now the fight is thickening on the four, on the front part of the ship, and there are now multiple multiple scum on the back of the ship. Stasi's standing right next to Barnabas. Barnabas just dropped his cutlass. Sure did. Yeah. I did. Did I drop? I thought I, I you had to move to get there, right? Um, yeah. uh, what's Dabwick holding? Dabwick is holding a darkwood quarterstaff. Can Stasi tumble fifteen feet? Directly north, or is there something there now that I can't see because of the mast? There's a scum there. Okay. <laughs> Can I tumble to here? What's your move speed? 30. That's um, more than you can move having to move at half speed tumbling. Oh, because those are two diagonals. I can't go through the mast. You cannot go through the mast. I'll say this. If you want to risk a DC 20 acrobatics check, you can vault off of the mast. And uh, with that, also succeeding at another acrobatics check to avoid the attacks of opportunity from the two scum you'd be landing in between to try to get that extra five feet of distance from the leverage. (laughs) Obviously. That is what I want to do. All right. If you don't get this first DC 20, that is a full move action and you're right where you are. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Do it. Nope. All right. 
Uh, so fuck it. I will attack the scum next to me. The laughing scum. The scum the harassing scum. Barnabas. <laughs> I am I'm confident that a 10 misses. A 10 does indeed yeah. miss. Maybe a little disturbed by your, what, probably bonked your head a little bit on yeah. that mast as you, uh, <laughs> you pretty <laughs> spectacularly failed to failed do this to do incredibly acrobatic so move. I'm glad I put those two ranks in acrobatics. Bates is up. Bates is standing directly above Stasi now. Got a good line of sight on the laughing scum, the glossy-eyed scum, the purple scum, the one-eyed scum, and the scum with bloodshot eyes. <laughs> he sees that uh, one-eyed scum, and he's like... You're mine. He uh, takes aim with his alchemical torch, his tiny, tiny, tiny alchemical torch, mm -hmm. and uh, fires off a shot. And is the distance such that you're attacking against touch? It's still against touch. It's Great. 15 feet. That's a 19. That's a hit. Four. Eight points of damage. Nice. You shot a scum in the leg. <laughs> and then he will uh, reload mm -hmm. as a move action. And... Braden Vaticus takes a five-foot step. Right. Now threatening two scum, the pale gray one and the hunchbacked one. Yep. And uh, he is going to attack the pale gray scum. Yes. Finish him. He hasn't been attacked yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he is going to make two mighty attacks. Oh, a 25. <laughs> yeah, that's a hit. That's going to be for, oh, 11 points of damage. Oh, my Creepers. goodness. And then he's going to do another one. Uh, 19. That's a hit. For uh, five points of damage. Fantastic. So Brayden moves in and just smash, smash with the phantom form of Whoreflame. It's a purity. It's it like is. a real pure focus. Yes. Unclouded with insecurities and yes. vulnerabilities. And This is the Brayden who can give all the help that he wanted to give. Yeah. Is the phantom wearing the phylactery? <laughs> no, no. The phantom does not need the guidance of uh, Any Shailen. Yeah. Din takes a shot on bloodshot eyes. Nope, reloads. Skywind's up. Skywind saw what you were trying to do there, Stasi. Did, did Skywind take the song? Remind me of the benefits. Plus two to strength and constitution, a plus one bonus to will saves, minus one to armor class, and cannot do uh, basically spells, charisma things, concentration things. And we haven't been. Doing oh, and, and you get the spirit totem. Right. So, yeah, let's rewind a quick second here because the Braden Phantom has accepted the thing. Yes. So there yeah. should have been an attack from your spirits during its turn. Go ahead and roll that up. That's um, five points of negative energy damage. I think you got a hit, though, right? You're going to make an attack roll. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you No, he, he that? just, that's how it works. He just yeah, gets no, to do I, that. I, I have to make an attack. I'm afraid it just happens, Rob. I don't know what to say. Spirit totem attack. A 10. Okay. Uh, well, this is the first time these spirits are emerging and uh, starting to launch their attacks. You know what? Barnabas would have had the opportunity to explain to Skywin what this stuff does, Skywin's gonna take it. And Skywin is going to tumble up the deck of the ship, getting real close to that rubble swarm, tumble right in the middle of bloodshot eyes and old one eye, so that her flanking partner can possibly get in there the next round. Let's see if she succeeded in her acrobatic check. Good fucking luck, scum! 
Natural one. Oh, oh no. no. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh. What is the... What Can happens? she fail it? Oh, no. Total success. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she, on a natural one, she still succeeds. That's just how much of a superhero she is. So she lands there and takes a stab back at old bloodshot eyes. Ooh, boy. Her luck is running out. Oh, that's still, that's still a hit. Uh, is it? Yeah. For 16 points of damage. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then one of the spirits lash out at the very same one. Uh, that's a 21. That's a hit. For six points of negative energy damage. And the spirits drag bloodshot eyes to hell. Hey. <laughs> Lynn takes a shot on... Boy, so Lynn's looking down at Dabwick right now. Once again, swarmed by scum. Now there are three scum mm-hmm. around Dabwick. Two of them are flanking them. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Lynn's going to take a shot on the glossy-eyed one, one of the ones that just emerged over the side of the boat. Nope. Reload. Joshua is going to shoot down at the one that Brayden has been pounding on at the back of the ship. Nope. Reloads. Dabwick, you are up. Okay, so you've got two scum flanking. You've got another one adjacent to you. Mm-hmm. And you've got your giant rubble swarm occupying basically the rest of the front of the deck of this right. ship here. Now it's tricky to move it because anywhere it goes, it's going to be going over uh, either you or Skywind. What do you want to do this turn? Well, actually, I think I will incur an attack of opportunity if oh. needed to take a step back and then move rubble swarm south on top of the... Uh, 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 Dabwick, can you move here instead? I can, yeah. So Dabwick takes a diagonal step back and simply rolls this mob of stones over <laughs> the purple scum and the glossy-eyed scum. Uh, go ahead and roll damage on uh, purple scum. Purple scum takes six points of damage. Needs to make another fortitude save. Six points of damage. Got it. And then over glossy eyes. Four points. Nice. Let me make some fortitude saves. Nope. Okay. Glossy eyes saves, but purple is nauseated. Great. And we get to Barnabas. So after uh, several rounds running back and forth to try to find the fight, suddenly <laughs> Barnabas is in the, middle, right of in the middle of it. So you're adjacent to one scum standing there with a ranged weapon. You've got Dabwick and Stasi right next to you as well. Uh, multiple ranged attackers right above your head on the cabin standing right above you. What do you do? If I wanted to take a five-foot step, could I have the spirit totem do its attack while I'm adjacent and then take a five-foot step? Yeah, I don't see why not. Great. Uh, so a spirit totem will attack the laughing scum. Yep. Uh, that's a miss. Because um, that was a, 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 a eight. I'm assuming an eight misses. It does miss, yes. And then uh, Barnabas will take a five-foot step. Barnabas. Barnabas will take a five-foot step to the back to behind him. And you see him... So the song is still going on, and he, he kind of starts moving differently to the song, and then all of a sudden, no one hears anything, but he just, the movement resolves as if he is 
bellowing right in front of him, but uh. no one hears anything except the laughing scum. <laughs> whose ears might start to bleed, I'm guessing. happens to hear an ear-piercing yeah. scream. Nice. All right, so that's, what is that, a fort save? So that is a fort save DC 14. Fail. Uh, then he will take, let's see, 1d6 <laughs> for two, so that's 2d6. Nice. Of sonic damage. Oh, awesome. Seven points of sonic damage. Oh, seven points of sonic damage as this. And, and, and is dazed for run, one round. <laughs> oh, sweet. If you sweet. make the save, uh, daze is negated and damage is halved. So the scum is just completely stunned. Completely stunned as its whole body has been just like shaked and vibrated by the sound of this ear piercing scream. All right. <laughs> scum are up. Let's go with, we'll go to the back of the ship first. Pale Gray, the one that's been pounded on by the Brayden Phantom, is going to take three attacks on Brayden. Trident. 23. Oh, just hits. Oh, just hits. Boy, that's going to be tough. Is that a slashing weapon? It is a piercing weapon. Okay. How much damage? Uh, nine points of damage. It doesn't seem like all that gets through. Oh, wow. So what, what DR does this thing have? DR5 slashing. Oh, my God. Well, here comes a claw attack. That's slashing. <laughs> oh, giant fucking miss. And uh, bite attack. Yeah. Okay. There's another one, though. There's three more attacks I've got. So Hunchback is going after Brayden. Trident. Nope. Claw. Hey, 20? Miss. Oh. Wow. Got um, mage armor. Bite is not happening. Uh, and also, uh, a significant amount of. Is it either natural? Was it natural armor or deflection? What has he got? It's got an AC of 22 right now. Oh. Mage armor, natural armor. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. The laughing scum. Dazed. Can't take an action. <laughs> Boy, the glossy eyed scum has few options, all shitty. <laughs> So the glossy-eyed scum is in the middle of the rubble swarm. It takes a five-foot step diagonally to get next to the laughing one, so it can get into a position where it can reach Dabwick. Full attack coming at you, Dabs. Natural 20. Oh, boy, backed up with a 22. Uh-oh. That's a confirmed crit. Critical hit from the trident. Come on, don't do this to me. 16 no. points of damage. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, claw. <laughs> miss. And bite. Uh, 17? Uh, that's a miss. Okay, great. You. Mm. Um, purple scum. Can take a five foot step out of the swarm as well to close with Skywind. There are now two threatening Skywind. Uh, old purple and old one eye. Uh, they're gonna take full attacks on Skywind. And... Alright, let's see. Here comes Trident. Nope. Claw. Nope. Bite. Nope. Uh, the other one. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, no. That was a whole turn. Uh, so Skywind, you're just watching Skywind, like, getting into, like, water dance flow, right? Like, just dodging back and forth. All these blades and, <laughs> and claws and teeth are dancing around her as she dances the dance of battle. Okay. One last scum appears halfway down the deck on the south side on the starboard side. This one has no mohawk, no thin mohawk. It it climbs over the side of the deck about 10 feet away from Barnabas. So uh, Barnabas is in a five-foot kind of hallway there with scum on all sides. So, well, this will be interesting. All right. 
Round, that's the end of round three. Round, top of round four. Stasi, you are up. You're threatening Stasi's one. Definitely taking this five-foot step to flank. Oh, yes. So with a five-foot step, she can stand on top of the hatch to below to flank all one-eye with Skywin. Dagger lashes out. Yep. Um, 21. Hit. 19 <laughs> all day. 19 damage. So that's with sneak attack and precise strike. Yep, uh, and, the, and the weapon damage. Yeah, it's uh, it's all gone. It's all gone. There is no more scum there. <laughs> that scum will never send its children to college. The scum can't have children. <laughs> yeah. Bates is up next. Bates is still standing on the uh, on the front of the cabin here, looking down onto uh, Grand Melee. We've got the Rubble Swarm left. We've got Dabwick and Stasi in the center of the deck. Three scum that Bates can see. Oh, Glossy. Oh, one, two, yeah. Yeah, Glossy Eye, the Laughing One, and Mr. Purple. Bates takes aim at the, the Laughing Scum. The dazed Laughing Scum. After reloading his prototype alchemical torch Excellent. with his tiny, tiny hands and uh, says... Y'all ain't even as tough as ratlins. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you've bit my nose off yet. Oh, although maybe you missed. Uh, that's an 11. Is this against touch? It is. That's a fucking hit. Yes! <laughs> For six points of damage. Okay, this one's already taken some damage. It's not looking great. Not looking great. So you reloaded and shot. What about uh, what about Braden the Phantom? Braden the Phantom. Facing uh, off with two at the very end of the ship, the back end of the ship. It's going to continue uh, facing off against... The, the pale gray the scum. Pale gray scum. The one that has already taken two blows from Horflame. He rears back to give another mighty blow. And the first one is a 14. That's a hit. For nine points of damage. Phantom Horflame flattens the scum. And then not even having to move. Nope. Although, should he move? Let's see. He will. He can take a five-foot step now, can't he? Yep, in the middle of his uh, double, uh, full attack. Yep. So he will take a five-foot step, and he will make another attack at this one, uh, scum number seven. And this is a 20. <laughs> yes, I'm assuming that hits. That does hit. For o- only five points of damage. But here come the spirit, Barnabas's spirits. Oh, hey, yes. I keep forgetting I rolled those. Yeah. Natural one. Okay. They're sad and confused. They are. They're confused by being around another creature from another plane. Yes. Like, this is very strange. Din steps forward closer to the front of the cabin and takes a shot on purple scum that is harassing Skywind. Yeah. That's a hit. That's four <laughs> points of damage. <laughs> Five foot step. Take a shot. Reload. Not a bad round for old Mr. Mister. Skywind is up. Finish it. Skywind. <laughs> Skywind complies. Uh, Skywind runs the purple scum through, and it is no more for this world. Is she standing next to any others? She's not right now. Okay. Lynn, standing shoulder to shoulder with Bates, will take a shot on the dazed scum. Nope. Reload. Joshua does the same. No, no, no. Joshua's in the back of the ship. Joshua's going to cross over to the other side to get a sight on... Huh. Okay. So Joshua looks down from the top of this cabin near the uh, aft end of the ship, the west on our map here. The Brayden Phantom is standing adjacent to this hunchbacked scum, 
and probably doesn't really have line of sight on this new, the, the last scum to arrive, this one with no mohawk, making its way down to the back of the ship, about to get into probably a flank here. So Joshua's going to take a shot on this no mohawk one. Uh, no, does not land that attack. Dabwick, you are up. Okay, so you're adjacent to two scum, the laughing one, the glossy-eyed one, and the rubble swarm is adjacent to you. You've still, you've managed to keep up the concentration this whole time, and it's uh, it's, it's been uh, very effective. It has. Um, but Dabwick's ready to release concentration right. on the rubble swarm yep. and call down uh, some lightning here. So, yes. caster level, how many lightning bolts can I call down? You call one at a time. Every time you take a standard action, it's one lightning bolt with this okay. spell. Gotcha. And it just lasts for minutes. Like, for several minutes, you've yeah. got the ability to just, like... Anytime <laughs> you want. Yeah. Glossy-eyed's been harassing and haranguing me. So I would like to call Love a uh, lightning bolt down. Great. So that is a reflex save for half. Here we go. Uh, 10, I assume, fails. That fails. Great, 3d6 electricity damage as an entire bolt of lightning falls out of the sky, slams into it. Into which one? Into uh, Glossy-Eyed. I rolled two sixes on that 3d6 for a total of 16. And fries it to death. Sweet. Ooh, boy. That felt good. Dabwick enjoyed that. So that's a standard action. Dabwick can still use a move action to move the swarm if they want to. There's really nowhere else to move it. Can't you move it over the side of the ship? Like. Oh. And then just get that last one. Yeah. Can I move it over onto laughing? What's its movement speed? It's 10 feet. Okay. All right. So this uh, storm of rubble goes sliding past you, enveloping. The laughing scum. <laughs> the day's laughing scum. That's four points. Nice. It ain't looking great. Ain't looking great. Barnabas. Barnabas. Barnabas is singing this song of. Sorry, what? interrupting. <laughs> but does the laughing scum want to make a save against nauseated? Yeah, and it gets a nineteen. Okay, well, fine then. Hmm. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you. Barnabas is singing the song of Bassanio and Persephone, and he gets to the part where he is talking about. Bassanio sacrificing himself and when he looks at Barnabas and says run, at the moment he says run, he looks at scum number nine's and no mohawk fin and his face for a split second it looks like it becomes the face of a balor when he says run as he casts cause fear to the scum number nine. Uh, That's a DC, we'll say DC 14. Fail. Nice. What does it do? That uh, the affected creature becomes frightened if the subject succeeds yeah. at a will save it is shaken. We're it's well gone. aware of what happened. It's leaving. <laughs> That's the end of that story. <laughs> um, you got a move action, and if you end your turn adjacent to one of them, you could get a spirit attack. The laughing scum inside the rubble swarm, only five feet away from you, has been hit many, many, many times. I'm not as worried about him though. I'm gonna. This guy's. Re- Number nine's running, right? Yep, he's, yeah. he's out of this fight. Then why not hit him on his way out? <laughs> okay, So great. five foot step uh, to the west, and then the spirit totem you will drag smack your, him in the ace. Smack your Baylor face over closer to him and hit him. Uh, for, uh, that's a that's a 15. Yeah, that's a hit. Had hey. injury to insult. Exactly. Oh my god. Six points of negative energy damage. Oh, wow, nice. All right, scum are up. Boy, the no mohawk one just leaps into the water and boogies out of here. You were holding a ranged weapon, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, all right, so no attack of opportunity from you, but that one is gone. All we have left are the laughing scum and the hunchback one. Laughing scum wants to kill this effing halfling who has destroyed it repeatedly <laughs> with this fucking swarm. Takes a five foot step out of the swarm, and here we go. Trident. 18. Miss. Dablik's slate-like skin oh, is saving too the day. strong. I love it. No good. All right, Hunchback is going to do a full attack here on the Braden Phantom. Nope. Mm, oh, no, you've got something at 20, don't you? Yeah, 22. All right. The, the claws and bite are just globbing off of the ectoplasm that Braden is formed of. Top of round five. Stasi is up. The Stasi reaches the, out to Dablik yeah. and casts Cure Light Wounds. Mm. Oh, excellent. Calling down the power of the Lady of Graves. For four. Hey, it's more hit points than Dablik had a second ago. Yeah. You can hang tight there, though. Well, I don't want to get in the swarm. No, you're just surrounded by corpses. They're just scum yeah, corpses. Yeah, that doesn't everywhere. really bother. Light a no. cigarette. Life is a be- being surrounded by corpses. Life is a pile of scum corpse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and True words. And, there, and all she can really do is block Skywind's way to that laughing orc. So, uh, orc. orc. You're the laughing orc. Wait a minute. The laughing um, Skyrim. So, uh, she will hold tight. Bates is up. Bates goes... Who's laughing now? Get off our ship! <laughs> and he fires again. Yes. Uh-oh, that one probably misses. That's a nine. That is indeed a miss. Oh, he feels silly. Does he reload? <laughs> he does. And Braden. Braden. Facing uh, off with Hunchback in the back. Hunchback in the back, and he raises Whoreflame to again smash down on it for a 23. Yep. Uh, that's 11 points of damage. <laughs> oh, God. And a 21. Yes. For uh, another nine points of damage. Brayden has indeed helped. <laughs> Brayden has laid low so many scum <laughs> in the back of the ship. Ran there early in the fight and then just kept co- just kept going as they kept coming. Just one, one standing left. Okay. Okay, come on, Din. <laughs> come on, Din. Come on, Din. I, like- I know for fact... You can kill this thing if you hit it. So, I mean, like, what if you roll? What if you roll? Just like the snake. Give me a 20 cider and add. Yeah, six. That's a five plus six. 11. Okay. Didn't miss this. And reloads. Didn't do it. Here comes Skywin. To a girl. Let her have it. To save the day. Yeah, there we go. Skywin pierces the last remaining scum, the laughing scum, through the heart. And you all stand there amidst the carnage, the absolute carnage of scum all over this deck as finally the, the rocks dissipate and fall over the edge of the ship into the lake. And we just found out what happened over here in this timeline. It was a victory. It was a, a, a absolute unequivocal victory. As the eight of you work together to save all of those refugees below 
from the beginning of the great harvest here. We do, however, have one more timeline to return back to. And that will happen in part three. Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. 